Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's, it's appropriate to ask these questions this time of year. It's also probably the worst time to ask these questions. How you doing? Good morning. Go White Sox. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score so traditionally... If there were to be a fan convention with the White Sox, it would be this weekend. The Cubs convention was last weekend, and normally the Sox would be this weekend. It's been canceled, and um, and that is a nod to the pandemic. Um, the Sox are coming off arguably the most disappointing season they've had in a very long time. In a very long time. Recent memory. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, it, listen, they went through – this is why, because they went through some losing to get to this point, and this was going to be the payoff, and they had a terrible I, year. I think that we have to respect the Sox's decision to not have a convention. They cited uh, COVID as a possible reason. We don't need to second-guess that right now, but what I will say is that the success of the Cubs convention and the enthusiasm that was obvious and also the information that came out of that you got a chance, the access to Jed Hoyer, Tom Ricketts, all the players. Does it make you miss it more? Because this is an opportunity to get past that disappointment, to move on and to start fresh in, in a new season with new, uh, a new player in Benintendi, Mike Clevenger, a new, a new manager in Pedro yes. Grafol. And it does feel like it's a missed opportunity. So you wonder what would – what would the fan base uh, have been like? How how enthusiastic would it have been? I think I think a lot of people would have been restless. But it, the opportunity to ask these questions, as you know, Tom Ricketts at the family panel last week was able to do with his sister Laura, that was productive. That was effective. I thought that was a good thing. So I think you're missing an opportunity here if you're the Sox, even though the reasons that they stated, you understand. And and it's funny because I've i got a couple of friends texting me and and uh, you know they love the idea of asking the question. I told you my question would be. Okay, what's your question? My question was, you know, who is in charge? Are you in charge? Do you call the shots? Do you report to someone? Does Kenny tell you what to do? Where's Jerry? And, basically, and, is what you're saying. One of my friends said, uh, you know, ask him if uh, if when Tony tells him what to do this year, he has to follow it. Because <laughs> Tony has a laugh, which is very funny, but but I do want to know. I just want to know. Hey, you're the guy, right? You know, if if this doesn't work out, do I come back to you, sir? Are you the one making all the calls? Who's the guy making all the calls? And and if I hear that it's all well, we all work in unison, and we all, but then okay, I know you're not the guy. Big Sven texts in 
Question for Rick Hahn, Mr. Hahn, are there any more free agents who are above average players with low ceilings left on your radar? Or is this as above average with a low ceiling the White Sox are going to get this year? And and your question was good. Where's the big trade? My question would be that. So you left the impression at the end of the season, this was going to be the off season where you would have to come up with some creative trades and deals. Where are those? How close did you come? And are you done yet? Because you still don't have a second baseman. You still don't have a catcher. And if your options and your alternatives are going to be internal, I'm going to be unsatisfied because I don't think they're good enough. All right, we got a lot of people want to check in. 312-644-6767. What is your question for Rick Hahn? We'll start with Mike. He's in Glencoe. Hey, Mike. Good morning, fellas. And I agree with David, but my question to Rick Hahn would be really fundamental. You're on target to spend either the same amount or less amount on baseball than you did last year. Is your business model, is the Reinsdorf business model for the Sox, capable of being really successful uh, in the modern business environment. Can you win championships with your business uh, model and your strategy? Uh, And all we can tell the Sox fans is you're spending even less. Uh, How can you remain competitive in this model? I don't know. And that's the answer uh, that I'd really like to hear. That's a good question. I I do wonder that question, Molly, in the context of just anticipating what that answer might be. Well, you know what? The business model is what it is. We just invested $75 million in Andrew Benintendi. That's yes. the most we have ever invested yes. in a free agent. We are committed to winning. We are committed to spending, and and this represents and reflects that. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good answer, I suppose. Um, Minnesota is now outspending them, right? I mean, yeah. in terms of the division. Well, the after Sox, Correa. The big, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then are they done? Well, they're also – you don't like the comparison. That's a great point about Minnesota. You're also in a market where the Cubs just invested $300 million right. and added more new players than any team in baseball on the free agent market. So you're up against that on a daily basis as well. 312-644-6767. We're looking for a question for the imaginary panel of one man. <laughs> Dave is on the road. Hey, Dave. Uh, good morning. Um, I was just wondering why he held on to Larusa so long. I mean, they were so listless. And I know that he that wasn't the whole answer. I mean, to what their problems were. But sometimes when you change managers, it wakes up a team. That's all I thought. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. That's a good question. I think that was Dustin's question, right? Dustin, yeah. Didn't you want to know when we talked about this earlier? You wanted to know um, basically if he tried to get rid of Tony, if he had any say in it, and. What was the delay in getting that done? That Absolutely. Was, yeah. and was that the difference? Because I believe that Rick really believes that he has like a top third of the league roster. I think he believes that he has put together the roster that at the very least can win the American League Central. We're not interested in looking backwards and looking ahead. We've moved on. Pedro Grafol is going to instill a, a new direction and inject us with some energy and enthusiasm. And that's really our focus right now, Dustin. What kind of bourbon did you drink when you did Shane's <laughs> podcast, Bourbon and a Buddy? Uh, I didn't drink any bourbon when I went on with Shane. I know that Pedro Grafol might have, but I just wasn't uh, at the time of day where I was drinking yet. But um, thank you. I appreciate the question. 312-644-6767. David's answer, his recon answer there, I hadn't started drinking yet. Is uh, That opens up a whole world of possibility. <laughs>
Yeah, it was a little too early for me. Once early. noon hit, yeah. I had half a fifth of no. I mean I think the real question would be if you're going to go in the Larusa direction, is how much more did you drink in the last two years than you had in the previous two? I would I would like love to know. Hey, Rick, um, why don't you ever come on the Mully and Haw show? <laughs> <laughs> too many imaginary questions. Too early. Yeah, too right. early in the morning. Yeah, that must it's, be it. I don't drink till later in the day, so I can't come on with it you off guys the bourbon? in the morning. I don't yeah, know. No, no, that's not the case. No, Rick's a nice guy. We're getting some good questions on the text line, too. Uh, and, and everybody and, – and this was this is a good one, and you referenced it earlier. And this is – you know, the Sox really have done well by Liam Hendricks and what he's going through with the non, non-Hodgkin yes. lymphoma and in, giving people a, a direction, a place to send their well wishes and everyone hoping for the best. And 630 texts in, not to be an insensitive jerk, but what does Liam Hendricks's illness – uh, due to the overall Sox plans now that they have lost one of their higher-value trade pieces. And I think that that references that if they went into this offseason they, thinking they could be creative traders and make a deal, Liam Hendricks was going to be probably the piece that they would, would use to get a, a adequate return. Weren't there rumors that he was that they were already moving toward that end? They'd had some conversations. They'd had some conversations about moving him. He yeah. was their best, most tradable asset. And we're talking about catchers or second base, and maybe that was uh, part of the conversation. But now it, it's a moot point, and you just hope that he is uh, yes, on, on the absolutely. road to recovery. We have bigger issues. Let's try Daryl. Daryl is in Aurora. Hey, Daryl. Hey, guys. Great show, as always. Um I was going to, you know, I was going to say, where do you think the Sox will end up this, you know, at the end of the season next year? But what other players out there could the Sox get? Do they need more pitching or more hitting? Is is there anybody available? I'll shut up and let you talk. All right. Thanks, thanks for the question. You know what? That would be the question that I would want them to answer almost first. Uh, even though the ones that we have asked are are, are good ones, or detailed ones, or roster related ones. But remember the value last week of Tom Ricketts establishing the expectations on our show a week ago this morning. Sure, sure. They want to make the playoffs. Do, what are the Sox's expectations? What does success look like for the White Sox? In 2023. Is, is this, I mean, is, is the multiple championship, is that over? Is the window closed? Are I, we are we talking championship? Is it over? Is, it, is that going to happen? Is, is, the, is this roster good enough to win a division? Well. In your mind, Rick Hahn. I mean, it's got to be can yes. I, can I just ask the answer you? Answer has but, to be yes. Okay, like I, this is it. This is not the question of questions. But I would love to know, Danny Mendick, like signed for a million dollars somewhere. Isn't didn't that guy have more value to you than he' gonna have wherever? Where did he go? He went to he went to the Mets, the Mets for a million. Come on. And hey, by the way, a million. Uh, Tommy Lastella, who was on the market, just signed with the Mariners. Did he interest you at all as a guy that might be a second base platoon player, infielder that can hit a little bit no matter what time of day or night? 312-644-6767. Taking your calls, taking your questions for Rick Hahn, even though we don't have him here. But David is doing an excellent imaginary Rick. Uh, just kind of slipping in different things about booze that might be problematic no, for him. No, no, no. I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> Earl is on the road. Hey, Earl. Hey, uh, Molly and um, fake Rick Hahn. Um, <laughs> question uh, what the, the white 
the White Sox um, recently made a hire, uh, uh, a new head of analytics. Mm. And um, with that, it was widely reported and has been in recent years that they're very lacking as far as the analytics department. Um, and I'm wondering, why Why is that? Why, why, you know, is that a Jerry old school thing or, uh, you know, I can't imagine that would be you, Rick, but uh, directing that. But why would the, were the Sox so behind in, in such an increasingly important area? Earl, appreciate the question. Uh, for your information, we just got done with the two-year tenure of a manager who was allergic to analytics and who described them as observational analytics, which I think that every day when we would give him this thick binder uh, of information at his disposal, he would leave it on his desk in the clubhouse because he had an office and everyone else had a locker. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean – it is true, isn't it, that Tony kind of relied on gut feelings? Yes. Uh, yeah. That's the uh, answer, isn't it? Yeah, that I think is right the now you're going to see. I don't think he'd say it because I don't he, think he'd want to embarrass Tony, that, but I think we all know it, that, right? I think we kind of presume that. And I think also when you get a guy like Pedro Grafal, and uh, to the point where I think after the introductory press conference, this was one of the things that they had to overcome in terms of perception. He's going to be a guy that's very compliant. Would you agree? With the front office. And the relationship is going to be more like this, and my hands are clasped right now. They're going to be more together than they were with Tony La Russa, which means that these new analytic people that are joining the organization or the people who already are there doing such a good job of getting the information, it's actually going to be used now. It's what they're going to open those binders and get out the folders and use the information to be a smarter team, a better team defensively, on the base paths, at the plate, whatever the case may be. Fake Rakan, <laughs> did you hire the manager for that very reason? Is I think that, that there were a lot of bigger names available. There were a lot more big splashes to be made. But Pedro Grafold was very much uh, uh, someone we thought we could work with and collaborate with and not be at odds with most of the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, fake Rick, do you like uh, a marionette? I mean, it's as simple as that, right? <laughs> Do you can we will we see the strings as he is uh, making his moves? Oh boy! See, that's just being mean. See, that's just being mean. Yeah, but that's, I, and that's probably why they're not having a, a uh, convention. But that that's that's a missed opportunity yeah. because I think that what we have seen and heard from Pedro Grafol is somebody that is a compelling character, and even though this sort of uh, perception that he will be. Uh, kind of a, an easy guy to manage from the front office standpoint or more compliant, if you want to say it politely. He's also a guy that is going to come in here and, and start to challenge some people to be intense on a daily basis. He's going to have more structure and that they're going to be smarter and, and more alive on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I and I'm not I'm not pining after uh, Danny Mendick just to to respond to one texter and I know you're not pining over Tommy Listella, but you would like to have a professional been there done that. I I love the Romy Gonzalez story and the way that he's turned himself into it, but I don't want to rely on him to be the the starting second baseman nor. Do I want to rely on Lenin Sosa or or whoever else? You can't about? be in a position to contend for a division title when you have to rely on more than one rookie in your everyday lineup. 
I think that's almost uh, unless those guys are just can't miss prospects. And I don't think that Romy Gonzalez at second base or Lenin Sosa for that matter joining Oscar Colas in right field. That to me looks like a lineup with two potential holes in it. And you want to limit those holes in your opening day lineup if possible. And that's why you get veterans who have done it before. Nobody's overstating what Danny Mendick or Tommy LaStella might have meant to this team. But you do need a veteran there. And I think it would help to have a veteran additionally behind the plate to help Yasmani Grandal so he doesn't have to catch more than 100 I, games. I totally agree with that. 312-644-6767. What is their, what, what is their most kind of undefined position at this point in your mind? Is it, is, I mean, do you trust the idea that Oscar Colas is going to come in and be that guy in right field? Do you trust that they have enough bodies at second base to find a competent guy? Or is it behind the plate? Or is it the pitching staff? Uh, well, let, let are you me ever say done with the pitching staff? As much as we focused on second base and, and catcher because yeah. they are unresolved, and as much as it deserves to have scrutiny about the right field approach because Oscar Colas will be a rookie and he's still a prospect, all of those things could be answered if you have a starting pitching rotation good enough to overcome them. And maybe that's where the question, the biggest question would lie. If, if, if Rick Hahn is on stage and you do have a question and it's a follow-up question is, Rick, how do you feel about going into the season with a rotation that now doesn't have Johnny Cueto because he's draping himself in the Dominican flag in Miami? Did you see that introduction? Yeah, oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah. But what about your rotation do you trust, and is it good enough to overcome the weaknesses in your everyday lineup? Well, let me ask you something. Um, have you looked at the at the triple uh, A pitching? Because the problem, like, you know, we talked about the Cubs, and I think somebody named, like, nine different options at starter. That was me. That was fake uh, Carter Hawkins. <laughs> that was fake Carter and, uh And that's fine. Like, we went through the, the names and the list, and they've tried these young guys, and everybody's like, with the White Sox, if something goes wrong, Johnny Cueto's not waiting for you this time. Uh, you don't have Who nine names. Assign? But you, like, the, that is a possibility that you're going to have to go get someone. I would also like to know, fake Rick, um, if you are in the mix, and you should be, given the division, are you going to make any moves at the trade deadline? That's one of the things Tom Ricketts said. that He talked about being in a position where they can make some moves if indeed they feel like they're they're competing well. Well, you know those puppet strings that you accused me of having attached to Pedro Graffol, uh, the the same uh, material is used to connect in the thread to connect me to uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> so I will add only if I'm allowed. <laughs> That's the problem. It, it's it's like when you look at their it, it, when if when you look at their managerial structure, <laughs> it's, like, it's connected by by strings and somewhere and behind the curtain where yeah, nobody can see and he won't come out of the room yeah. is the owner and the chairman. Um, managing everything, and, and everything is according to his choreography. So whether they uh, can add, whether they can move, whoever they sign and trade for, let's face it. Yeah, Rick Khan has autonomy to do to shape this roster into the whatever form he, he chooses, but he's controlled and limited by the approach from the top. Listen, I, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with still having some work to be done but it is, you know, time is a ticking. And and it's how far away from spring training were we talking about that? Less than recently? a month. Yes. 
that is not enough time to answer all the little issues you hope to have answered. There's some there's some really good things going on with the White Sox. They've got some really good young players. Hopefully, will be healthy and together. And I'm I'm interested in all of it. But you know, they also their most reliable players were all kind of aged veterans, and they're all gone. Right? I mean, it, has Elvis left the building? Is, I is, can what? he come back? Yes. The door still goes both ways. Can't can he, they, he, can't, it's a revolving door. Come back, Elvis. Wouldn't, wouldn't that help a little bit? A little bit? That would help. You know, you know who is coming back, and I'm going to get you for your birthday next month? I'm going to get you Joe Kelly's book. Oh, my God. I saw that book. I saw <laughs> that it's out there. Holy cow. I know that you would love to read it or I throw tell it. You. Yeah. Or burn it. No. I mean, you know I'm a huge fan. Um. Uh, yeah, he's back. He's he's try, He wants. He's to, done with he, his rehab last year. And he's pointing out that that uh, players are humans. I think that's his big message, right? He wants everyone to understand that. I, and I I do understand that, and um, that's great. Joe Kelly's. Back. I haven't read the book or a synopsis yet. I just saw that he wrote one. Are they going to send us a copy? Because I would read it if I got it uh, sent to me for free, but. Uh, yeah, if if it's now or never, um, it's got to be Elvis. That's of course Peoria Matt. It's now or never. You might return to sender. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> return to sender. Wow, we lost Lisa Marie, and we never talked about that, and that was shocking to me. Ah, that's sad. Awful. All right, we've got to move forward, though. It is sad. We've got uh, Mark Gannis. We're going to talk to uh, to our favorite. Uh, a uh, local sports core guy, the man that understands stadium plan, and we'll ask him. He knows Kevin Warren. We'll ask him what he thinks. And 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 really, the biggest news that came out of that thing is just flat out. Let's just settle this once and for all. They're trying to go to Arlington Heights as they should. That's what's happened. And we'll talk to Mark Annis about that next. It's Molly and Han the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, Two-part question for you about the stadium in Arlington Heights. Do you view that as the sole focus of the organization right now? Yes, that's the sole focus right now. As opposed to any of the options? 100%. And in a best-case scenario where everything goes great, as far as the construction and the closing and all that, when is the earliest realistic time the stadium could open? I'll be able to answer that question to you in about six months when I'm able to sit down and really review things. It wouldn't be proper for me to say it. I got to really sit down and get the information downloaded. I'll be able to answer that. I'd be guessing right now. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 and the score. That is the voice of Kevin Warren asked about how quickly he can get that up and running. Uh, which is amusing to me. But nonetheless, I think we feel real good about where the Bears are at now with Kevin Warren becoming the president. And we are delighted to welcome in Mark Gannis, the the president and founder of SportsCore, knows a little bit about buildings and professional sports and what teams need to do. And he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline, Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal Mark, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Always great to talk to you two guys. Well, I got to tell you, I don't know if you've listened, but we've been pretty over the moon at the idea of Kevin Warren getting that job. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's just, and this is not, like I talked to a guy, uh, I was telling David, a friend of mine in the league, who was like, why are the people of Chicago so excited about a president? And I said to him, like, have you been here? This is a guy, this is like the first time I can remember where they've hired someone to do a job who is qualified to do the job. He doesn't have to learn on the job. He's going to do it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Listen, guys, I've known Kevin for going on 25 years now from the time he joined the Rams. This was an absolutely inspired hire by the Bears and the McCaskey family. Uh, seriously, if they if they draft players half as well as they just selected a new team president, we should be ma- starting to make Super Bowl reservations. This guy is that good. How do you describe the challenge that he faces now in expediting the Arlington Heights project and What did you hear from his introductory press conference that makes you feel confident that this will be done in a timely manner? Well, the first thing you should keep in mind is that this is not going to be Kevin's first uh, major stadium project. He was heavily involved in the development of the Minnesota Vikings Stadium in downtown Minneapolis, as well as the development of the training facility, which is arguably the best in the NFL, and 200 acres of development around that. Sound familiar, guys? Uh, <laughs> this is very much uh, akin to the, the project that the Bears have got on the table in Arlington Heights, uh, a major stadium and a major development. So Kevin has already done it and done it successfully. I will tell you, Kevin will be the first one to tell you. He hasn't done he, – he, there wasn't a thing there that he did alone. Kevin is very much a consensus builder. He likes hiring the best people and the best firms, getting the advice in, and then wor- working within the organization to come up with the right decisions. He's very much a process 
oriented person because he knows that if you have the right processes in place, more likely than not, you'll make the right decisions. And so his experience, his temperament, the way he goes about doing things. Look at what he did in four years at the Big Ten, guys. In four years, he took the Big Ten, which was a sleeping giant, got a monster television deal from new partners. So it wasn't just negotiating with the old ones and getting more money. And he brought in USC and UCLA to bring the West Coast in uh, to the Big Ten and those the two really most most uh, uh, visible schools there. And at the same time, he, he had to deal with the COVID situation almost from day one when he came into the uh, uh, to the commissioner's office. You, you, you look at this, and, 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 and concurrently, in the four years, he's also done some great social initiatives over at the Big Ten. And this is just in four years. He lives in Chicago. Front, you know, Kevin and I get together here. He lives a few blocks away from, from where I live in downtown Chicago. Uh, he is awesome. His family is incredible. Sometimes you take a look at the children, and you get a feel for the, for the man or for the woman. And, and in the case of his wife, Greta, his, his two kids are awesome, which tells you a lot about Kevin and Greta as well. He's Mark Gannis from SportsCore. And, Mark, we're, we're talking about a guy that, you know, the clarity of his vision, fairly obvious, came up. I, you know, I, and I'm tell, we've talked about this. You, you walk out of news conferences at Hallisville sometimes and you just kind of shake your head. This was, like, inspiring and for the reasons that you've mentioned. The other thing is – there was clarity about what's going on with this state. I can't believe how many people still think the Bears might not leave, the Bears might stay at Soldier <laughs> Field. And was there a beautiful video? Oh, my God, you'll never be able to match anything that that video showed. It's just extraordinary that now we've got clarity. That's it. Let's stop talking about it. Uh, it, it, you know, unfortunately, it won't stop the talking, but that's okay. That's, you know, you've got to fill up airtime, got to fill up newsprint, as they say. But, uh, but Kevin is, is uh, got tremendous integrity. So when he has a direct answer, he will give you a direct answer. Uh, that's, that's just the, the nature of the man. So, you know, the little clip you just played, focus is entirely on Arlington Heights only solely on Arlington Heights, and that he'll have an answer in roughly a half a year as to what the time frame will be for when we could look forward to the new stadium opening. That's the, that answer is the right answer because it's the truthful answer, and that's something you can expect from Kevin. What do you expect to happen to Soldier Field after the video was released and it was a $2.2 <laughs> billion proposal Nobody talked about how it was going to be paid for, but let's fast forward here, Mark. And obviously, if in the next six months we receive some clarity about what to expect in Arlington Heights, what does that leave for the city to do with Soldier Field? Well, you know, guys, we, we've lived here in Chicago for a very long time, so we, we love this city. That, is a, that area, that whole museum, museum campus is an incredible asset for the city. They should be looking at that as – as that, as that whole area, not just a, a you know a place where uh, a, a professional sports team will play. 
there, there have been some really good ideas that have come out of uh, Richard Price's committee as to what to do for that area, including bringing mass transit to the, to the area, including other activities and events that take place. That's really what the focus should be. That could be our second Millennium Park if, we're, if, if we decide to look at it the right way. And it could be a, just a tremendous asset for the people of the city, and it could be great to bring tourists and visitors in uh, as well. Uh, what, what they shouldn't do is spend any more time thinking about how do we keep the bears here. Just, just let the bears do what they're going to do. If for any reason something doesn't happen right at Arlington Heights, the bears, aren't, the bears are still going to be playing in Soldier Field until Arlington Heights is open. So there'll be another opportunity for whomever the next mayor is to discuss that with them if that happens, which I don't expect. So just, just let things go the way they're going to go and focus on what the plan is post-bears for that whole area of the museum campus. It could be spectacular. It, it, it's my understanding that when we talk about the new stadium when we talk about uh, the, the rebuilt Hallis Hall, that there are, these are all sorts of uh, good things for the family moving forward. So whatever the state of ownership may be, they, there are tax implications with what they've done that would kind of help the transition to the next generation if indeed that is necessary. Um, is that one of the elements about this that nobody really is discussing? Well, the, the, the idea of, of retaining the team into the next generation is, is something that many, if not most, uh, team owners uh, have planned well in advance. So it, it, wouldn't, it certainly wouldn't be in a vacuum of that issue. But whether it's the driving force, no, I don't think it is. The driving force here is something that, that the Bears have been looking for of their entire uh, professional history, which is – for them to finally have a home that they own and control and is their own and is their own and designed for them right from the start. Uh, that's something that, that you know, even I, a reporter gave me an, a letter from George Hallis from the early 70s that he sent to the season ticket holders, and he said in uh, five or six years we'll have our own home. It's now couple of generations later, and it looks like the Bears are finally on the verge of fulfilling George Hallis's uh, uh, letter to the fans. Because of your range, Mark, I know I can ask you about this. Kevin Warren leaves one legacy job for another. The Big Ten commissioner role is a big one. I think that he understood that he did all that he could, and maybe to some degree he could go nowhere but down from there. Still a very important job. What do you think they're looking for in his replacement, and do you have anybody in mind? It's a very different environment today than it was even four years ago when Kevin took, took that job. First, you know, you guys asked about Kevin a little bit, you know, about you know, how uh, he was at the press conference and how forthright. Uh, I, can, I can tell you that Kevin had an entire plan, a whole, a whole game plan, uh, put together for even the the uh, interview process uh, with the Bears and the McCaskey family. That's that is how uh, professional. That is how prepared he is. So he wouldn't go into even those kinds of things. And I know he didn't with the Big Ten. Also went in with a total game plan in the interview process, and then a game plan once he took over as to what his vision was of what the Big Ten could be and the different areas it could go into. Four years later. Only four years, we're in a completely different environment in collegiate sports. Um, and name, image, and likeness, NIL, has changed everything. Uh, the, the NCAA is a toothless organization right now. 
that is a major change uh, for, for the power conferences. Uh, and they have a new president coming in. The NCAA does, the, the man who's currently the, uh, the governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. His big priority is going to be going to Washington and trying to get new legislation so the NCAA can actually uh, manage collegiate sports going forward. Uh, so the, the, the entire uh, structure of college sports has changed. So what's needed at, at the commissioner level is not a caretaker. Uh, it's not a person who uh, is, you know, just just uh, is elevated out of the ranks of of the athletic director of one of the one of the uh, uh, schools. It really requires somebody who, who bridges politics, social media, as well as uh, being able to administer an organization that oversees the athletics for uh, the number of schools the, NCAA, the, uh, the Big Ten does. It's a very different skill set these days. It's, it's the kind of skill set that could actually come from a source that, is, uh, that only has a, a tangential connection to collegiate sports, or it could very well just be an existing or former athletic director. I mean, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be something if we could persuade Jim Phillips to come back, the former AD at Northwestern, yeah. uh, that, that people in the Midwest still love? Uh, that would be that would be awesome. But it's a, it's a very different skill set these days. And as we're seeing, even take the quarterback, the starting quarterback at Notre Dame transferred this year. Think about that, guys. When, when who would ever do something like that? But th- that's just it's it's a completely different environment now with NIL and with the transfer window and with the big money that's that's involved, even bigger money that's involved. Uh, and it, frankly, it's a it's a daunting job for someone to take over and and then to fill Kevin's shoes in four years. The stuff that he accomplished was you know beyond beyond what anybody could have expected. Mark, uh, we'll let you go just uh, quickly on the way out, back to the stadium. You know, what I loved was he had a vision and he has a plan and he's going to pay attention to details. But, you know, it, it's so interesting, this idea of of how much money this costs and what you can build and do you have to go for a lesser statement. You know, when they when they built the uh, – the, the, well, the government helped, but uh, the, the – uh, the cell over there, the, the you know whatever they're calling it these days, um, it was like a hundred million less than the stadium in in Baltimore, and it kind of reflected that it wasn't quite as good. Is this going to be? I mean, I I I know they didn't show like a retractable roof, and that's something for people to argue about. But it just the rendering, the drawings looked like a box. How mm-hmm. does you know he still has the files on? Uh, on what they built in Minnesota, how much like that will this become, and will that become a problem? I, I, in the final analysis, I think you're going to see a, uh, a stadium that is designed by and for the Bears. If you look at the, the Viking Stadium, that was, that was modeled after a, the exterior, at least, off of a Viking ship. Uh, they, they, there was a concept for the design for the exterior and what it would look like. There was a concept for how the outside would be brought inside. And then there was a, yet a third concept for how the interior of the stadium would work for the fans, for the team, for, for, uh, for broadcasting, and that kind of thing. And it, they took an extra year to get that project done, and it shows. I, I don't know how often you guys have been up to, to Minneapolis, but I, th- I believe that is actually – arguably the prettiest football-only stadium, the most effective football-only stadium in the NFL. It is that good. I don't think it gets enough uh, enough recognition for how beautiful it is and how, how well it works and how it fits on the site. This is going to be uh, the, the Bears' new stadium in Arlington Heights, and I, I, I 
I'm confident in saying it will get done, so I'm just going to call it that, not a prospective stadium, uh, is going to, I believe it's going to reflect the Bears, the Bears fans, and the Bears history. When I was involved in the new Yankee Stadium, heavily involved in that one, you look around the new Yankee Stadium and it reminds you of the old Yankee Stadium. It reminds you of the tradition, the legacies, the pictures that are there, the design of the interior, the design of the exterior, even the, even the lettering and the fonts used on the graphics. That was all intentional. I expect we'll see something very similar from the Bears. I do not expect we're going to see a cookie-cutter stadium that could be plopped anywhere in the country. I think we're going to see something that is uniquely Chicago and uniquely Bears and Bears fans related, and that you'll get that feeling whether you're just driving on the highway by it or you're going to a game there. That's, that's what I expect we will see when we see the final design and renderings. Right now, it's just what's called a massing design. Basically, it just shows you where it's going to be and how much space it's going to take on that particular site. That's all we've seen so far. Uh, I, there, this, I believe this is going to be something we're all going to be very happy about and proud of. I'm still, I, I may be in a minority here, but I'm, I'm, unless they're going to get some serious public assistance with this. I'm not so sure Dome Stadium is the right way to go. I think there's, there's a lot to be said for an open-air football stadium in Chicago, but that's for smarter minds than mine to decide. That's great. Mark, thank you so much. Great catching up with you. Thanks, Mark. Always, guys. Take care. That's Mark Danis from Sports Corps. I tell, you know, that's really interesting. Let's talk about that when we get back because I, I have a thought on that because of what was said at the Tuesday press conference. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. So we always enjoy our time with Mark yes. Dennis because he is so plugged in and he obviously is, sounds like he's a, a neighbor of Kevin Warren's. But what's interesting about talking to Mark is he, he talks to so many people and he talked about consulting at Yankee Stadium. He's familiar with how these things go. The only thing that had we had more time, next time we can talk about this because it's not going anywhere. I think when you heard Kevin Warren speak on Tuesday about the vision for Arlington Heights, he talked about it being an entertainment district. He talked about uh, ambitiously wanting, and if you're going to do something like that, a Super Bowl to Chicago. He might have referenced the uh, Final Four in Chicago, things that would have to require a roof in a stadium, a structure that would be multi-use, multi-sport, and a facility that, yeah, you play 10 nine home games a year, depending on your preseason, but you play the home games there. That is the Bears home primarily. But it also gives you the opportunity for other events that make that a destination. And a Final Four would do that. Big Ten tournaments would do that. Big Ten national, Big Ten championship games or national championship games in college football would do that. Listen, I mean, here's the problem. I get it. You know, you're going to build a – if it's an outdoor stadium – the problem is, what about the Final Four? What about some yeah. of these conventions you're talking about? What about, you know, the NCAA tournament stuff, the the, uh, the Super Bowl itself? I mean, it's just, I don't, I think you've got to be ambitious enough to to build a dome. I don't know, I don't know how, I mean, I get it. 
it would be significantly less money, and you could probably get up and running faster. But in the long run, aren't you going to still have a a problem with the weather in Chicago? I think if you're going to build something like this and you've embarked on this path ambitiously to develop 326 acres, don't you have to like think bigger than just having to worry about, well, it's going to cost a little bit more to put a roof on it. You're down that road. You're committed. You're pot committed here. Spend the extra billion, David. Well, I think it's easy to say that. I, that's why. But I, I but what we're talking about is you would it would be a, a wise investment because of the kinds of things that would you could be able to attract if you do spend the extra billion to have a roof over the top and you'd be able to stage these kind of events. So yeah, I think it is. is it sounds very simple, but. It would surprise me, based on the rhetoric we heard from Kevin Warren, if the Bears weren't thinking about those kinds of things at the new home. I, I really, I just think that the, that their focus is on this as it should be, and they're going to get this up and running. And I, I, I think it's a done deal. And I have felt that way since they announced it. Bear weather is going to be seventy-two degrees, controlled thermostat. Indoors. Okay. That's going to be bare weather, I think, after they get this started, after they open up the doors, as early as, what, 2027 can conceivably be the earliest you could see them opening. That is if it's on time and under budget, Yeah. as George McCaskey dreamed the other day. I mean, that's (laughs) good luck with that. But um, I like that idea. I like taking the extra year to figure out everything and to – really be meticulous in your planning so that when you get going on it, you you know exactly what you're looking for and what you want, and you're not just sort of running into different issues as they come up. Just seems like somebody who is as detail-oriented as Kevin I Warren agree. clearly is and goes through every line meticulously would not include a roof. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think the roof is important. Check. Yeah, I'm with you. Who forgot the roof? Yeah. No, I don't think so. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> I I hadn't considered that, but but that's kind of wild. All right, we've uh, we got Kendall Gill who's going to join us next. We're going to talk some Bulls. There was a glorious victory in Paris. Does that does that play well at home? Does that return with the Bulls? And is it a turning point? We'll ask that question of Kendall Gill in just a few seconds. Molly and Hall on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 